This week at church, Pastor Robin McKinley begins his new series, The Inside Out Way of Jesus. It will make you point out the speck in your neighbor's eye while you ignore the plank that's in your own eye. You can join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on 426 Laurelwood Road in Pottstown, right by the Coventry Mall. We'd also love to hear from you. If this ministry has touched you in any way, send us an email at info at c3pottstown.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. Praise the Lord. In just a few moments, we're going to be receiving communion. But we're going to continue with our series that we're doing. The inside out way of Jesus is what we're talking about. The inside out way of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Went to district council last week, and uh, it was uh, uneventful, which always makes it good. For some reason, I got louder. Praise the Lord. Okay. So Jesus comes on the scene, and he is viewed as a rabbi, a teacher. He starts to turn everything inside out. He takes what people have been told and what they have been reinforced with, and he says, let me give you a new way to look at things. He says to the people, you've heard it said like this, but I tell you, and then he goes on. Many of the people of his day put the focus of their faith on how they looked on the outside. And we see a lot of that going on today. Back in Jesus' day, they, um, they thought that being religious, being part of the synagogue, um, was having a faith in God that was an outward appearance. It was about looking the right way, dressing the right way, following the rules, keeping the right rituals. It was about having their stuff together spiritually. You know, I've, I've only ever had one dress code rule in this whole church, and most of you don't know what it is because it has to do with if you have uh, ministry on the platform. Now, it's not you can't wear a T-shirt on the platform. Have you seen Jonathan and Mike preach? Or wearing shorts or sandals or flip-flops. Oh. It's if you're on the platform, you can't wear spandex. <laughs> that is the dress code for the... Mike said he's good with that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just visualize this for a moment. Jesus comes onto the scene and says, it's the inside I'm looking at. Faith is an 
inside-out job. It begins with the work God does on the inside of us, and then what God does on the inside of us will come to the outside of us. Jesus brings this indictment against the religious folks of his day. It's in Matthew 23. It says, look, you are like whitewashed tombs. Oh, wait a minute. We can't picture whitewashed tombs, can we? Let me say it to you in a way that we can visualize it. This is out of the message. You are like manicured grave plots, grass clipped and flowers bright, but six feet down, it's all rotting bones and worm-eaten flesh. And I believe we can visualize that. Yeah. So last week, we saw Jesus at the home of Simon the Pharisee. Oh, and Jesus turns everything inside out. He rebukes the Pharisee. And he commends the prostitute. Forgives her. So today we're going to look in Luke chapter 18, if you want to turn to that. If not, they'll, they'll be on the screen here, the scriptures. In Luke chapter 18, and by the way, the, the sermon notes now are on the outlet. Okay, so if you want to turn to that, it's uh, c3outlet.nucleus.church. Okay, the sermon notes are on the nucleus, and they will be every week. Okay, so... Um, Chapter 18, Jesus addresses people who find themselves consumed with getting to the top of the ladder by getting to the top of the ladder to be successful. Now, I don't want you to think there's anything wrong with success. Success is not wrong. Success is not bad. But it's getting to the top of the ladder, being successful with the right attitude and the right motives. He's going to redefine that the way up is down. Look what he says in verse 14, chapter 18 of Luke. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Doesn't that just challenge everything we're told culturally? He says, if you want to be exalted, it's going to take humility. Don't relentlessly climb to the top of the ladder. Don't try to show that you're better than other people, you know, by the way you dress, the car you drive, the house you live in, or taking any bragging rights. He says, if you want to be exalted, humble yourself. Humble yourself. He redefines greatness. Greatness is not something you ascend to. It's something you descend to. So I'm starting with your notes now, if you'd like to follow along. Jesus tells this parable. A Pharisee and a tax collector. And to find them in the most odd place together is a prayer meeting. So they're both attending a prayer meeting. The Pharisee is a religious leader and well-respected. The tax collector is certified unclean and is despised by the people. The two of them are at opposite ends of the spiritual spectrum. 
So verse 9 says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So to those who are righteous in their own eyes. That's pretty generic, isn't it? Who are the people who are confident in their own righteousness and look down on everyone else? Who does that? Well, if you hear and this and think it's not talking about you, then let me tell you, it's talking about you. It's people who hear this and they're not sure who the preacher is talking about today, but they know it's not them. You've just identified yourself. One time I was preaching, and I, man, I, I laid, laid it on with this message. And I don't remember what it was, but I do remember a comment as people were going out the door. The door was over here at the time. One person shook my hand and says, boy, pastor, you really told them today. I'm thinking, were you listening? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And then he goes on to the parable in verse 10. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. Wow. As a Pharisee begins this prayer... What's he praying about? The focus of the Pharisee was all about himself. He gives thanks to God, which is good. But look what he's thankful for. Thank you, God, that I. <laughs> thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. Can you imagine? Seriously now. I'd never pray like that. Absolutely not. I mean, I am so glad that I'm not like the guy who says, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. Yeah, I'm being a little facetious. Now, we might not use those words, uh, but we might say either out loud or in our hearts something that reveals the same spirit that is captured here. So one thing we might say with a spirit of pride is, I'm better than you. So if you try to confront me on something in my life, I'm going to get defensive, and I'm going to get sensitive. And I'm not going to be open to any correction. Or what we might say is something like this. I'm not going to be the one to apologize. If they want me to apologize, that's fine, but they're going to be the first ones to apologize. Or we might say, I'm better than that other person. When we refuse to acknowledge that we're wrong, when we refuse to acknowledge it was my fault, what are we really saying? <laughs> I'm better than they are. And that brings us to, oh, I hate to even talk about it, pride. Pride lets us put others under a microscope. Pride helps, lets us put others under a microscope. Pride helps us to say, it's not me, it's you. 
It's not my problem, it's your problem. If he would have just made some changes, or if she would have just done things differently. And that's what pride does. We nitpick things about other people, which lets us off the hook. Jesus said, here's what pride will do. It will make you point out the speck in your neighbor's eye while you ignore the plank that's in your own eye. So pride lets us put other people under the microscope. Pride is also blinding. It blinds you to your own weakness. It magnifies other people in their weakness. Pride causes jealousy, which makes us to say, well, that's not fair. When someone gets something good, pride says, I should have deserved that. I'm more deserving than they are. So we are ungrateful and we're discontent. And that attitude also makes me feel better about myself, especially when I can talk negatively about somebody else. That's what pride does. Pride will cause us to be self-dependent. I don't need God. You notice the Pharisee's prayer? He didn't ask for God's help while he's doing quite well on his own. He's got things covered. And so pride keeps us from realizing how dependent we really are on God. So far, this Pharisee has taught us self-indulgence, and he's taught us pride. But uh, he doesn't stop there. He continues to teach us. Faith focused on the outside. Jesus says in Matthew 23 about the Pharisees, everything they do is done for people to see. Ooh. We met a lady like this. I mean, she, she was kind of just like a Pharisee. She, she was spiritual on the outside. I mean, everybody knew she was spiritual on the outside. Then one day something didn't go her, her way, and, and we actually saw her do a spiritual tantrum. Never saw that before. But that's what Jesus is talking about. Everything they do is done for people to see. So faith is focused on the outside. Faith that is focused on the outside is just a performance. This faith becomes defined by who we are in the public. Everything that is done is for other people to see. It's like television personalities. They are a different person when the camera's turned on. Outward faith is just uh, is kind of like um, lived out on the stage under the spotlight. And, and someone who is like this, they begin to see themselves the way they portray themselves to be, even though it isn't real. It's an outward thing. When we live with outward faith, we make sure what people see is what we want them to see. We like to hear people say or, or simply imply that they are a spiritual person. 
It reinforces in our minds and in our hearts that if we're living for the outside, man, I look good spiritually today on the outside. People look up to me today because who I am as a Christian. Well, with faith focused on the outside, we compare ourselves with others. This is what the Pharisee did. See, like the Pharisee, we typically kind of compare down. We look at other people who would perceive, we would perceive to be less important than we are, more messed up than we are. Makes us look good. Remember what the Pharisee, the Pharisee's probably standing there. God, I am so glad that I'm not like sinners, evildoers. That I'm not like adulterers. And then he actually had to turn around and say, and I'm glad I'm not like that tax collector. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. You see, we compare ourselves down to other people. But, but sometimes we compare up. And when we compare up, it leads to insecurity. Insecurity, in, in some ways, is still a form of pride. Because it's really about us being self-conscious, being more aware of ourselves than we need to be. I remember when Cindy first became a pastor's wife. There were people that intimidated her because she was comparing up to the standard that she thought they were at. Thank God she's been delivered from that. And these people that used to intimidate her don't intimidate her anymore because she knows who she is in Jesus. And she knows who she is as a pastor's wife. And today she knows who she is as a pastor. So instead of being self-conscious of ourselves, we are conscious of who we are in Jesus. So with faith focused on the outside, confidence is in our accomplishments instead of in Jesus. Look at this prayer. Five times this Pharisee managed to use the pronoun I. He says, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Hey, the Le Levitical law said you only have to fast once a year. And this guy's fasting twice a week and lets everybody know about it. He says, I'm spiritual. Is exactly what he's saying. So, you know, the Pharisee, he taught us all these negative things. So let's go to the positive, okay? The humil humility of the tax collector. Look at verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The tax collector stands alone. He's not standing up for everyone to see him pray. He's not trying to win anybody's approval. He's standing alone. And, and you know, it's like somebody who comes to a prayer meeting and, and people are standing around the altar and they're praying and and. They, they walk in the door and they know there's sin in their life. They know that they just don't measure up to where God wants them to be. And instead of 
coming up and joining everyone who might be worshiping and praising and praying and, and really having a good time in Jesus, they know where they're at. They don't want to come up here. They, they, they're so embarrassed about who they are, they, don't, they won't even look to heaven. They won't even look up. Now, it's not a custom with us today, but beating our breasts, that's one of the things that, that he does. So the question should be, when's the last time you prayed at a distance? And I'm not talking about praying back there instead of up here. I'm not talking about that, okay? What I'm talking about is, when's the last time you prayed where, where it's, it's been like you? It's not where other people have seen you. It's not like a rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, you know. It's not about, now I lay me down to sleep. It's, it's not about, it's church time, so I'll pray. It's, it's about, you just needed to reach heaven. And it was you and Jesus. And you're away from everybody else. And whether it's in your war room at home or your bathroom, or your car on the way to work. It's just you and Jesus. And then this tax collector knew there was something going on in his life that needed to be changed. And he doesn't even look up to heaven, which is an acknowledgement that with a spirit of humility, he understands his sinfulness, and he understands God's holiness and so he beats his chest and pleads for mercy he's revealing what is in his heart here's this pharisee who thinks god should be quite impressed with him i mean think about it he follows all the rules he even created rules and follows them he thinks he's impressing god and on the other hand we see this tax collector who has no illusions of his righteousness. He just says, God, have mercy on me. And then he acknowledges that he's a sinner. What else can he say? What else can he do? You know, sometimes people who feel they have no problems will tend to look down on people who do have problems. And then there are times when those who are having issues become embarrassed because they feel that others are looking down on them. And really, they're both wrong. Both of these are attitudes that are laced in pride. I want to tell you, I've been there. I have been there where I had an emotional breakdown. I've cried out before the Lord, literally. I could have been embarrassed. I was with a bunch of pastors and their wives at the time. I could have been made to feel embarrassed. But the people with me embraced me. And they lifted me up before God. And they loved me. And they felt my pain. Friends, that's what I mean. I've said this a, a lot of times. This is a safe place. 
this church is a safe place. This is a place where we can rejoice with you in your joys. This is a place where we can cry with you in your pain. And I'm not talking about just today. I'm talking about any time you come into this place and you've got issues that are dealing with your life. I'll tell you right now, we were slammed this past week with, with a financial crisis in our life. Pray for us. We think God has given us half of the answer. We don't need half of the answer. We need the whole answer. Every time you pick up the phone and call a brother or sister in the Lord, don't be embarrassed to lay it out. I need your prayers. And when somebody calls you, don't pick the phone up and say, boy, I got a prayer request for you. Let me tell you. No. It's got to be a safe place. It's got to be a safe place that I can come to you with embarrassing things and you will pray with me and the only person you will tell is Jesus. And you need to be able to come to me with the same confidence that it's just Jesus. Don't ever take a prideful position that I can't go to my brothers and sisters and ask for prayer. You see, we're blood brothers and sisters. I know, we don't have the same moms and dads or we're not all cousins, but we're all covered with the cleansing blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I don't want to be stuck on me. I don't want to be stuck on myself. I don't want my life to be driven by pride. I don't want to feel that I have to make myself look good on the outside so people will think that I am spiritual. So let's in humility. Just being honest before God. And that, my friends, will start you and or keep you on the road to success because that's what the Lord says success is. Now, I know we're going to receive communion in just a moment, but maybe today you're going through some issues. Maybe today you need special prayer. And I could call some of you out because I know the prayer requests you have, but I'm not going to do that. This is up to you. If you need special prayer today, don't feel bad about it. Don't be embarrassed about it. Just come up here. And I'm not even going to leave the platform because I want you to come and pray for these people. See, you're part of the safe place. It's going to take the body ministering to the body. So this morning... Before we receive communion, if you need special prayer, you come up right now. And it's even harder when people are sitting because now you've got to stand up in front of everybody. I could say, would everyone stand? I'm not going to even do that. Just come. 
if you want special prayer, if you need people to lay hands on you and you need people to agree with you and you need people to touch heaven with you, we're not going to turn around and say, I don't want to be like that person. They got problems. Say, I want to pray for that person. I want to cry with them. I want to rejoice with them. I want to be with them because I'm their brother. I'm their sister. And we've all been cleansed by the same blood. So right here it is. You need prayer? Come on. Come on. Come on.